Why do I charge more than most professionals for tennis lessons? Find your aha moment right after this. Do the best you can with everything you got. Struggle day to day, cherish every fight you fought. Destroy your obstacles, remove the blocks. Got to stand strong, can you do it? Break through, can you move on? Wherever you... Welcome back to Find Your Aha Moment. I'm your host, Brian Lutz of BackhandCity.com. Well, if you are a new or lapsed tennis player, you're listening to the right podcast. Join my 2020 beginner tennis lesson series right here in Miami in the heart of Coconut Grove. All you got to do to reserve your spot in class is log on to BackhandCity.com and click on the tennis registration link to reserve your spot in class. Well, today's topic, why do I charge... Why do I charge more than most professionals for tennis lessons? Well, that's an interesting topic. And I've really, I'd say over the last probably 25 years, I've really put a lot of thought into pricing. Of course, when you start out in the beginning, when you don't have a lot of customers, you do things for cheap, right? If you're an assistant pro like I was at the country club, you're going to be the low man on the totem pole. And so there's going to be an audience of people that want your service, especially juniors and kids. Um, you're also going to get people who are just kind of, you know, maybe don't have a big budget, and that's where you can kind of cut your teeth. As you start getting busier, and I learned this when I went to the Hamptons, a lot of people in that kind of elite billionaire, millionaire clientele, they won't respect you unless it's at a certain price point. So I really learned to manipulate that over the years, and I charged a lot. In fact, I charged so much, my peers couldn't figure out how I was doing it. Because quite frankly, they were like, you're no better than any of us. But I was really good at marketing, and I was really good at understanding the time value proposition. You can dream about charging big dollars for your hourly rate, but can you do it? That's the question. And we're going to kind of get in to a little bit about how you can not only look for a tennis pro, but if you're a tennis pro yourself, how you can come up with this kind of time value proposition that you put into the marketplace. Uh, one of the most important things of this is supply and demand. If you're super busy and your hands aren't tied by a municipality about how much you can charge, guess what? You need to raise your rates because there's only so many hours in the day. Number two, so we'll call number one supply versus demand. Number two is a value proposition. What do you bring to the tennis court other than technical information? I know a lot of my students are looking for people to play with. So I offer a free find a partner service on my website. And of course, I do a lot of introducing and socializing in the classes. In fact, a lot of the classes have integrate team building exercises into them. So there's a natural socialness to the classes because you have to work with other members of the class. And I think that's where tennis is much better than going to a gym or an orange theory or a yoga because it's very isolated. It's just about doing the workout or doing the meditation and then going home. Tennis has that built-in socialness to it. Just the ball flying back and forth across the net is an interaction that you have to deal with. Uh, number two, I have uh, a lot of blog stories with tips videos and uh, free advice for players who are looking to get better. So when you leave my tennis court, whether it's for a 
private lesson or clinic, that's an additional value proposition. I can send you a text in WhatsApp and go, hey, check out my latest blog episode on the ball toss that we were working on. It'll give you further insight on how to help you learn to serve. And that really inspires a lot of players. Of course, if you're listening to this, I have a daily tennis podcast. I would say probably most people who have podcasts do them once a week or once a month. So by me doing it daily gives a ton of value add. So if you're really interested in getting better at tennis, you've got opportunities. Plus, it really helps me spread the word. So rather than me marketing myself one day a week, I'm marketing myself seven days a week. Of course, you can use social media as well. Uh, that has its different challenges. You can post to Instagram, Facebook, and you can include included boosting those posts to reach more people. But value proposition, what do you add to the service other than technical advice? Uh, number three, the Pareto effect. If you listen to the first episode, uh, way back, we're on episode 183. If you scroll back to episode one, we talk about the Pareto effect, which is an Italian economic philosophy that's been over probably 100 years old, maybe longer. And what they discovered in the Pareto effect is that 20% of the industry is responsible for 80% of the outcome. So what does that mean? That means eight out of tennis pros suck. Eh, maybe that's harsh, but maybe they're below average because they are not putting out the economic output. And one of the reasons is they're not as popular. You'll see it here in Miami, especially with real estate. There's about 50,000 agents, and there's only a few hundred that actually make money full-time because they are really good at what they do, and people want highly qualified people based on merit. Uh, step number four, one of the reasons I charge more than most professionals for tennis lessons, it's easy to differentiate. It's really easy to differentiate, and it ties in with step number five, and it eliminates the tire kickers. It's people that don't really want to buy the car. They're just, as they say, uh, the American idiom, they're kicking tires. I know for me, if somebody asks about tennis lessons, if one of the first questions they ask is the price, that's a terrible lead. I know they'll never play with me. If they're super price conscientious and that's their biggest value entering the discussion about tennis lessons, it's a terrible lead. They probably don't even want to be good at tennis. It's just a fantasy. And they're like, oh, I'd like to try this. Most people will ask questions about some personal pain point they have. I'm struggling with my backhand. I want to lose weight. I want to beat my friend Ralph. They have a specific problem that needs solving. They've listened to your podcast. They've seen your blog. They were referred by a friend. You see how this is working? This is how you create supply-demand ratio. And this is why I charge more than most professionals professionals for tennis lessons. And I will say this, probably the number one reason I charge more than most professionals is I make more money. There's nothing better than cash flow to reward you for your time and energy on the court. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of Find Your Aha Moment. Don't forget to go onto iTunes right now and rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast so you get notified each day with a fresh episode. This is Brian Lutz of BackhandCity.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. That's when push comes to shove. I believe it was inevitable. That's when push comes to shove. Could this be the one that got away?
sun new 